Let us bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, first of all, we thank you uh, for this great opportunity that you've given us to share your gospel message. We pray, Lord, that uh, your word would resonate in the hearts of men and women, and not just in this sanctuary, that uh, those who are listening all over the airwaves. Lord, we ask you to let us recognize the love you have for us, the love that's so strong and so powerful that you will let nothing separate us from you. So, Lord, we ask you to remind us how important people are to you so we can love them and treat them the way you want us to treat them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. Well, I'm excited again today uh, to be before you all. It's so nice to see so many faces in the place. And um, and so I'm excited. I won't be before you very long today, uh, maybe a couple hours today uh, for Christmas. But uh, on a serious note, um, um, in Romans, uh, Paul wrote a letter to uh, in Rome, and it's very interesting because he talked about this battle and this struggle um, that we have. And uh, the title of the message today is The Power of Life After Death. The Power of Life After Death. So often uh, when somebody dies, uh, we're so worried and because we know it's it. It's over. It's done with. Um, and we're going to grieve um, for a while and sometimes for a long time. Uh, but we don't realize uh, the purpose and the power of life. And why life is so important and the power of life after death, right? And so why is it that we have so much power after death? And what does that mean? Uh, you have to put everything in the totality to understand what the kingdom of God is all about. Everything is really about the kingdom of God. It's really not about religion, but it's about the kingdom of God. And often I tell you guys, the Bible is about a king, a kingdom, and his royal family. And so understanding that and understanding why God uh, loved us so much uh, that he was, he was willing to send his son into the world to die for us, to reconcile us back to him. And why was that so important? And, uh, and why was Jesus' death so important? Why was his birth so important? And we're going to try to explain those things to you today uh, as we deal with it. And I hope you get a better understanding. I'm sure that uh, a lot of you all will walk out here uh, with a whole different perspective. And then you would treat people a little bit different, all right? And you see things through the lens how God sees them. And understand Christmas is a special season. It's very challenging for some people because it's a time when uh, it brings back so many memories, uh, the people that was there with you and they're no longer with you. And you think about the, the dinners and the gifts and all that and the laughter, and it's no longer there anymore. And so we get all bent out of shape. But I want you to understand something. This Christmas, is really about your relationship with Christ. It's about your relationship with Christ. And so the Satan and his demonic forces come, man, really try to depress us and stress us out and all that. But Jesus came that we may have life. And life is about joy uh, in God. So I want you guys to get a, a good understanding of that as we try to walk through this so you can understand it. Paul, in the book of Romans, in the seventh chapter, he was talking about this battle that was going on inside of us. And he says, whenever I desire to do good, evil is always present. Right? Whenever I desire to do good, evil is always present. But Paul was trying to get them to understand there was a battle going on 
And Paul was dealing with the law versus grace and mercy. And, and he had this battle going on trying to get people to really understand the kingdom of God. He really wanted them to understand the kingdom of God. And he was trying to explain to them. And some people just didn't get it. But Paul just kept on teaching. And he drove it home in Romans. And Romans is a phenomenal book. And he talked about this battle that's going on. And here's the thing that's important when we read Romans and uh, as we get into the eighth chapter, because I'm going to teach from the eighth chapter today. But when we think about uh, what was going on, the law um, is God gave the law, uh, Shanique, to us, man, so we can recognize what sin was. Prior to the law being given, uh, sin was not sin, right? It wasn't nothing wrong with it, right? But when God gave them the law, he let them see, man, they was running kind of rampant. They were doing what they wanted to do. And God said, I got to give them some laws so they can understand, man, what they're doing was wrong, right? So the writer talks about it in Romans. He says, man, listen, I was doing pretty good. I was alive until the law came. And when the law came, the thing that I thought was going to give me life actually gave me death. Now, he said, now, God gave the law, and it seemed like the law should have gave me life, but it actually gave me death. And he said, it's a battle, and it's a struggle, right? But when you understand the power of life after death, then you understand what's going on. And we're going to try to explain it to you today. But I want to quote a scripture uh, in Romans, I mean, in Corinthians uh, chapter 2, I mean, the second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, 18, it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ. And we're talking about the human species. If, therefore, if any man be in Christ, that's the 17th verse, right? He is a new creature. Everybody said new creature. Now, that's important to understand that, right? All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, so we are new. Now, once we understand this relationship with Christ, man, it's a game changer, right? And the reason why this thing is so important, man, because God wanted to move us in a way, man, to help us, use us, man, to help reconcile men back to him. And he needed, he knew that there was no way you can do it, man, without him and without his power, right? Then he goes on to say in verse 18, and all things are of God, all right, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has driven and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, right? So he's given us uh, this ministry of reconciliation. So his mission, Tony, is to get us, man, to help get other people, man, to really know who Christ is, right? Now, here's the issue. The issue is we got this nature, this dual nature going on that Paul had dealt with in Romans in that seventh chapter. And when he said, whenever I desire to do good, evil is always present. And he said this, we have two natures. We are born with this sin nature and this lower self where we want to be controlled by our senses. Right. And we want to be controlled by our lower self, our lower man. But God came and he wanted to give us power, knowing that in order for us to do his work, we have to have a greater power working on the inside of us. So he gave us not only the law, but when he gave us the law and they had all the sacrifices, that's not enough because the law is only going to show you your sins, but it won't give you the power to overcome your sin. Right. So he said, not only do you know what it is, but you got to be able to power, man, not to do wrong. So you need something to help you not do wrong. Right. So now I know, but do I have the power not to do? Right. So a lot of people, man, we're dealing with stuff, but we don't understand that there is a greater power that God has given us, man, to help us 
be everything God intended for us to be. And Satan's mission, don't miss this, is to kill, steal, and destroy. And keep in mind that Satan is a spirit. And spirit has to have a body to work through. Right? The Holy Spirit is a spirit, and it needs a body to work through. Right? Now, it's important to understand that so you understand what you're dealing with. So when you're dealing with people, you won't get so angry at people when you know it's a spirit behind them. Right? And we get so mad at people uh, not recognizing that um, that, that spirit uh, that, that's, that's controlling their life, right, uh, has them bound and controlled. And, and they are a slave to their sin nature. And so the thing that I like that feel good to me, I'm going to do it, man, because that's what I like to do. And if you don't like it, sorry for you. That's the way we think, right? Uh, but it's important uh, that you have to die to that. Because if you don't die to it, it will literally control your life and destroy not only you, but everybody you come in contact with. Because you become an agent for Satan. And you biting people's head off and you don't know why you're doing it. And God never intended for that to happen. Right? So he gave us this law and then and God knew that we could not handle this thing and we could not deal with this law alone. So he sent his son, Tracy, into the world. Now here's the problem. A lot of us talk Jesus. But we don't let him control our life. All we got to do is follow you home and read your text. Right? And, and so when you're dealing with stuff, man, you got to understand who's controlling you. Now, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, and God gave it to us, and he sent his son so you can die to your sin nature and don't let your sin nature have any power over your life anymore. Greater is he that is in you that he is in the world. So when you accepted Jesus Christ into your life and you really genuinely accepted him, right, he came into your life, man, and empowered you with his spirit. Now, baptism and faith go hand in hand. Do you really believe so much that you really died to your old self? And I have so much faith that when Jesus died, I died. When he came alive, I came alive. Now I'm no longer being controlled by my sin nature. Now I'm controlled by my spiritual man. Right? And the spiritual man is always, always working on behalf of the kingdom. Right? So whenever you're doing something and you know it's contrary to the kingdom, already know you're being controlled by your lower nature. So we're going to deal with that. Amen? So let's look at Romans. So after Paul is dealing with this in the seventh chapter, and he said, man, this battle going on, and God has given us the law, and the law that was supposed to give me life actually gave me death. Because now that I know what the law is, now I see it in the very thing that's supposed to give me life really gave me death. It really started to kill me because now I realize what I was doing is wrong. And now that God has given me this law, now I know what's right and wrong. And now I should feel good about it. But the problem is I don't have any power to stop me. 
So I keep on doing what I'm doing. But he says, listen to me. And that's what we're going to talk about. And I want you to understand who you are in the kingdom of God and how powerful you are. And why death, the power of life after death. You have to die to you. Everybody said die to me. And come alive to God. If you don't die to you, there's no power in your life. The power comes after the death. After I die to my lower self and I come alive to my spiritual man and I really commit my life to God, then the power comes. Here's what he says. In Romans chapter 8, after he's dealing with this man, whenever I desire to do good, evil is always praised. He said, I see a law. Listen to me, Ross. He said, there's a law in my members. There's a law called the law of sin and death. It's in my members. And whenever you sin, Death is right next door. The wage of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. Now, it's important to understand this, all right, because if we keep on doing what we're always doing, we're going to always get what we always got, and we're going to be as miserable as heck. But if you want joy, you have to recognize who you are and whose you are. So then when Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, he tells us, he says, now I'm reading from the New Living Translation. In the King James Version, it says, therefore. But I'm reading the New Living Translation. It says, so now, I want you to hear me well. So now, there is no condemnation, all right, for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Everybody said, no condemnation. Because he paid the penalty for you. Look at verse 2. And because you belong to him, the power of life, of the life-giving spirit, has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Because of the Holy Spirit in your life, it has freed you from your sin nature. Now your sin nature no longer controls you anymore when you're in Christ Jesus. That's why you got to know the word and live in the word. Because without the word, you are powerless. You can come to church all you want. You're going to be powerless when you go out there. But when you really understand who you are and your faith in Christ, and I realize that when Jesus died on the cross, I died with him. And when he rose, I rose with him. As a new creature, the old thing, it's passed away now. My old nature don't control. I used to cheat and steal and lie. and do, I don't do those things no more. Because now I'm controlled by a greater power. So now I'm controlled by the word of God, not by my sin nature. We was talking today in the class, and the men were talking about, sometimes I don't like nobody to tell me what to do. That's because a lot of times we want to operate in our sin nature. And we want to do we want to do us. I, I want to do me. As long as I do me, I'm good. Leave me alone and let me do me. Until I can't do it no more, then I said, Lord, help me. I know you're a way maker. You said you're a way maker. Right? So once you do it, do it for me, Lord. Pray my strength. Right? Now listen what he says. 
I want to read verse 2 again. And because you belong to him, who is him? Because you have given your life to Jesus, you've given your life to Christ, and now he's the Lord of your life. So you can't give your life to him unless you really say he's going to be the Lord of my life. I don't get to, Tony, I don't get to give my life to the Lord and then take it back. Right? Otherwise, I really didn't give it to him from the beginning. Right? But when I give my life to the Lord, he becomes the Lord of my life. Right? And so now what I'm saying is I'm dead to it. Now, some of you all got a powerful, powerful testimony. Because the things you used to do, when you got saved, you don't ever do those things again. Raise your hand. Yeah, you don't do those things no more, right? Now, here's the thing. When those things come up, the power of the Holy Spirit reminds you of those things that are no good for you. And it tells you don't do it. You know, but I, I, I got to do it. I run a business. Well, you know, I got to up the price because it's Christmas and everybody going shopping. God says, really? Are you really going to up your price on the nail polish because it's Christmas? He said, when the whole, when all of it belonged to me and I bless you to have it, now you going are you really gonna rob the saints? You, 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 really, you really think you can pull this off in the name of Christ? He said, really? You represent me and you're gonna do some price hiking. Well, you 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 own property, and now uh because they say it's a house shorter, you up the rent. Because everybody else is doing it. He said, but I, but I saved you so you wouldn't do it. He said, I needed some of you all to not do it. He said, so I saved you so I know. I, he said, I can bet you. Ooh. Can he bet you? Can God send somebody to you? Can, can God send somebody to you knowing that you're going to do right by them? Can he can he, can he bet you? That was that was the that was the, that was the uh, uh, the Green Book spirit when they were traveling in the South and 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 they was, it was and, and they could only go certain places. So they had a book said you can't get no gas here because if you stop and get some gas here, you may not get no gas at the next station. So pass that one up. Make sure you got enough gas to make it to the next city, right? Uh, because there are certain cities we bet. God said there are certain people I can bet. And I can trust. So you can rent from them. You can shop with them. They're not going to price guard. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. Somebody like, Jesus. Right? Now, he says, now, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit. That means the Holy Spirit has freed you from that, that sin nature that makes you think it's about you. And I got to get it all now. And I got to mistreat people. I got to take advantage of people and all that because I have not died to me. So I really don't have no power. So we do good today and tomorrow we can't pay the mortgage. Because God said the whole thing was mine all along. I just let you rent it. I just let you drive the car. I, I, I just did that for you. Right. And I thought I could trust you. It don't make no difference who you are, right? I've been leaving that alone. All right. Then he goes into verse 3. He says, 
The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sin nature. The, the law that God had given them and told them to live by, it was too weak, man, to get them to change their behavior. Before you really accepted Christ in your life, you didn't have the power to do this thing. You couldn't do it. It was impossible. He says it's impossible. He said, even though you know the law, you didn't have the power to obey it. You kept doing it because you was doing you. Right? Then he says this. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the body of bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control. Everybody say end. Jesus and the power of Jesus, Tracy, is he came and he let you know that your sin nature no longer has power and control over your life anymore. Quit playing church and really live in it. He said, quit playing church and he said, this is the kingdom of God. Everything in the kingdom, man, belongs to him. Can I trust you in the kingdom of God? He said, because all of this, once you recognize it and you really buy into this thing, Jesus is the king of kings. And if he's the king, you say, well, everything belongs to the Lord and the fullness there. Is it really his? Do you really believe it? Do you really believe it so much that you're going to do right on every turn? Right? Because the power comes when you die to you and come alive to him. Then you get to see the power. Now, listen, you don't have to have money. You just got to have access to the man that got the money. I, I, I don't need the money. I just need access to it. Right? So I don't have to worry about how I'm going to pay my bills because he's going to pay my bills. If I don't have no money, he can touch Steve and tell Steve, don't charge me no rent this month. And Steve don't know why he did it. He just knows he's a man. God told me, uh, uh, take January off. Then I'm running around and I'm shouting. Oh, want to do it? Yeah, God is good. And I'm just dancing, and I'm shouting, right? And I'm like, whoa. And all God did was just, he said, I don't know why I did it, because I needed that month's rent. Right? But that's how God worked in the kingdom of God. Right? And so, and he said, understand, he says, and in the body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. So Jesus became the sacrificial lamb to die because whenever there was sin, you have to have a sacrifice. So he sacrificed himself so that we can have a relationship with God because something had to be paid, some kind of atonement had to take place. So he said, I became that atonement. Right? He said, because I want you to know who you are. He said, when you leave here today, I want you to know who you really are because a lot of us moving around, but we don't understand the kingdom for real. We really think it's us. We think we're smart. We think we're brilliant. Some of us think we're great strategists. You know, I'm so smart. You know, I went here and, I, and I'm really smart and I can do this thing. God said, it's me working through you. He said, I want you to know this is all mine. And he said, listen, it's all mine. And he said, I told you, that if you live right, he said, I've never seen, the, the writer told us, never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. So I don't have to worry about being hungry because he's going to take care of me. He told me if I seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all this other stuff is going to be added. So what am I worth? I just got to trust that he's going to make it happen. But I got to die to me and come alive to him. So I got to believe him. So everything I do, I got to do it as though he's in charge. So if I cheat you, I really cheated him. 
So, so I think I got you, and I ran a hustle, and I borrowed $20 from you with no intention to pay it back. You thought you was getting me when you really was getting God. Because all of it belonged to him. But when you, when you die to him, then the power comes. So when you ask somebody, they say yes. That's the power of living for God because you, you know you shouldn't have got it. So God trusted him and told him to do it for you. That's the power, right? So then he goes on to say this. He did this so that just so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied, right, for us. Who no longer follows our what? Sinful nature, right? But instead follows what? What spirit is he talking about? The, everybody say the spirit of God. We start to follow the Holy Spirit, the leading. Anything you do, uh, I often say this all the time. I say I love my wife, and, uh, and uh, but I love Christ. And because I love Christ, I do right by her. In the event that I don't do right by her, he hold me accountable. He says, I gave it to you as a gift, so treat her like she's my daughter. Do right by So that kid that God gave you is yours, right? He said, no, it's really mine. So I said, I just want you to train her up the way they should go. And when they get old, they won't depart from me. But don't you be afraid to teach them what I told you to teach them because it's important that you teach them. Right? So when I die to me, it don't, I don't care how you feel. I really, I got I have to honor God. So even if you don't like me, because I'm your grandparent or your parent, you don't have to like me. You just have to know one thing. It's because of the love of God you're able to eat. You have somewhere to live. It's because of the love of God. It's because of my commitment to him. I'm talking to the believers now. Right? And so we have to understand why he said there's no condemnation. So now when I'm walking after God and I'm living after Dennis, I, I, ain't, I ain't looking over my shoulder no more. You know, when you're dirty and you're driving down the street and the police car pull up and you're nervous and you just start to shake because you, you know you're dirty. But when you're not dirty, it don't bother you because there's no condemnation in your life. When I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I already know it's going to work out for my good. So when he come by, I might blow my horn and toot at him and give him a thumbs up, right? Because there's no condemnation in my life because I haven't done anything, right? When I'm living for God and I've given my life to Christ and I'm living for him, there is no condemnation, right? So what God is trying to, he's trying to get a kingdom of people, man, who really understand that they have to die in order to have power. Now, I'm talking to some of you all who refuse to die to you. And you hide behind, well, you know, I'm just like that. My mama was like that. My grandma was like that. I'm sorry, that's just how we are. Well, your mama was a liar and your grandma was a liar. They didn't do it right. They don't mean you don't do it right because you knew it was wrong from the beginning. Right? Listen, because listen, when you accepted Christ, Christ told you they was wrong. And you want to keep on hanging on to what mama did. You know mama wasn't right. Or grandmama wasn't right. Right? So now, who's right? The word of God. So now I got to die to my whole sin nature. Everything I was raised up with, I'm a whole new creature. I'm not what I used to be. And sometimes you go around your family, and your family, you're trying to act funny. I don't act funny. I just look different. Right? And I just act different. I just move different. 
All right? And everybody said, well, you, did he show acting funny? I'm not acting funny. I'm just different. Right? I just don't do what you do. Because I, listen, I used to do it when we was younger. You know, I used to play tomp. I used to shoot a little dice every now and then. I can pad roll Dennis. You know, I can, I can make them dice stick together and roll all the way down the carpet. I can do, I probably can do it now. But when Jesus came in my life, I don't do that no more. Because I didn't have to go, I didn't have to go play Tonk and Pity Pat. I already had a bankroll. You know, so I don't have to see that I ain't got to hustle no more. Because he gave me access too. You know, I gave you guys my testimony a long time ago when me and my wife didn't have nothing. We lost, Josh, we lost everything. We, I mean, we didn't lose it. I, I was a fool and I spent it. Let me, let me tell the truth. I didn't, didn't do it. I did it. She just went along for the ride. <laughs> we spent everything we had. I mean, literally everything. We couldn't buy canned goods. We couldn't buy pork and beans. We, we had nothing. Right? And, and I went and I told Bishop Wells, I said, Bishop, I said, I can't pay no tithes. I said, so when you look at the off tithing loaf, we don't have no tithes, so don't look for the durings. Because ain't nothing in our envelope. So he got on the phone, and he called the president of the bank. He said, I got one of my young deacons. You know, them boys, they, they, they so, you know, they do foolish stuff. Them young boys, they foolish. But he's saved. He loved the Lord. He just, you know, those young folks do stupid stuff. He said, the boy that spent all his money, he ain't got no money to pay his bills. He got a young family, and they real faithful in the church. And the president of the bank said, send him down here. So we went down to Cope America Bank, and I went down there, and the, I sat in front of the president of the bank, and I didn't know, I didn't have nothing, I didn't have no collateral. So he said, he says, what's going on? He said, and when you come, bring all your bills. So I brought all my bills and everything, because we didn't have no money um, to go for the summer, because I took the bulk of my salary and spent it all, because I, I wanted Ardina to get what she want, because I made a vow she can get whatever she want, and we spent it all. I promise you, listen to me. I'm not telling you what, this is the gospel truth. I sat in front of the bank, the president. He told me, tell me how much money do you want to pay back per month? I signed a paper with no collateral, no interest. For those who are in the banking business, no, this ain't real. No interest. I told him exactly how much money I want to pay. He wrote me a check for all of it with money for us to have. That was in 1986. From 1986 to 2022, it's not a person walking on the face of the earth can ever tell you, man, they had to loan us money. Never again. From that day, God took care of me from that day forward. I learned from, he taught me a lesson. And I, I had already gave my life to him. I just did some foolish. Here's the here. I did some foolish, didn't know I was foolish, and God was already taking care of me. So I knew he was going to act a fool and spend all that money. So he had the bank ready for me. You know, it's a young black boy, a young black couple, you know, the racism and all that stuff. I come in there, we didn't have nothing. I didn't want working, but the man gave us a loan, interest-free loan, and we, we set the payment. Don't tell me what God won't do. He did it for us. It wasn't us. It was us committing our life to God. And when I committed my life to God, he said, I own the bank, man. He said, a bank is mine. And from that day, this one, I didn't tell you, she don't let me tell nobody, but we now the lenders are not the borrowers. That, that's how he flipped them. He flips them. And when you commit your life to him, he said, listen, I just got to have somebody I can bet. He says, you ain't got enough. He said, I've never seen him hungry. 
I didn't believe that scripture until we was hungry. And the bank gave us groceries. I'm, t- I'm talking to some of you all out there who think you, who don't want to give their life to the Lord when God said I got control of all of this. I remember Derek was telling me, I always mess with Derek. Derek told me, he was making $13 an hour. He said, and he would drive to Whitehall, and they were taking, you know, Derek got 15 kids. So they were taking child support. Out of, he was making about $13 an hour, and they were taking child support. So he was driving all the way to Whitehall for like $6 an hour. He didn't know what he was going to do. And God blessed him, and he kept on until they made him a supervisor, and he kept on, and now he's making a whole lot of money, a lot more than what he was making. But when he gave his life to the Lord, man, he, he said, I can't believe these people don't who, they, and they just keep on blessing. They think I'm somebody. That's what God will do for you, right? And, and, that, and that's what he's trying to tell you. He said, that's the power. Everybody's a power. That's the power. That's the power after you die to you and give your life to Christ and come alive to him. That's when the power comes. Now I don't have to worry about nothing. I don't have to worry about nothing. For those who know, it's just a beautiful church, isn't it? Yeah, they gave it to us for free. We weren't a part of the Reformed Church. They blessed us and said, what you guys are doing? Because God said, it all, it's mine. I opened up the windows of heaven and pulled you out. Bless you, you don't have room enough to receive it all. You just said, you have to die to you and quit thinking you can pull it off. And realize he's the one that can pull it off. So that means that's why you got to be faithful to your wife. You got to be faithful to your husband. You got to be faithful to your children. You got to be faithful to God. You got to be faithful to everybody you work with, everybody you come in contact You got to be faithful because God want to know, do you love me when nobody else is watching? Because I'm always watching. Did, have you really sold out to me? Did, did you really sell out to me or are you just talking about it? Right? And then I, I, here it is. Those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So what are you thinking about? What's on your mind? What do you control? I was talking to Sister Knox. She, she nodding here. We, I, me and Sister Knox were just talking one day, and we were talking about our grandkids and all that. I said, isn't it amazing? I said, God bless. And our grandkids, what would they do without us? Right? It's because God put us in their life. And he made sure we had enough resource for us and them. He said, you ain't got to worry about it. He said, I got you. If you live right, your grandkids ain't going to suffer or your kids ain't going to suffer. He said, you're not going to suffer. He said, y'all just got to make sure they know you love me. Right? So they need to see God in your life that's working. And remember, God is working. That's, listen, that's dying and the power comes. Amen? And listen to what he says here. Uh, if you're dominated by your lower nature, you went to college, you thought you were smart, you thought you because of you. Raise your hand if you've ever been laid off. Yeah, you didn't know you can get laid off. They called you and told you it was over. Yeah, you thought, you, you, you didn't think they'd, you didn't think they'd take you after 20 something years. You didn't think it'd happen. I remember I had 20, I remember I had 30 years in Muskegon Public School and the superintendent looked me in my eyes and said, you go throw your name in the hat like the rest of them and fight your way out. I had 32 years. Well, I was 30 at the time. He thought he had me. The guy had a ram in the bush. Because God said, you ain't where I got you. He said, you just keep on living for me. 
He said, watch the power on the other side because I control it all. Right? And then, he, and then I'm going to wrap this up with these two verses right here. He says, so let your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. If you let your sin nature control your thinking, you're gonna, it's going to lead to death. You can't let your sin nature control your life. you got to let the Holy Spirit control you. you got to really die to you and come alive and let the Spirit of God control your life. And here's what he says. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to, everybody said peace. Everybody, anxiety levels up. Depression. You are depressed. What? How can the saints be depressed? Everybody says, oh, man, you, well, you don't understand. No. If, when you give it to God and you realize it's him, right, and you know it's him, he said, I got you through this, but you got to lean into me. And now you're in a situation where it ain't nobody but me. Can't nobody get you out of this jam but me. Right? He said, so you got to lean into me and trust me and realize I'm the one. I'm the one to make it happen. Then he says, I'm done. This is what he says. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. Always. Right? It never did obey God's law, and it never will. Right? That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. As long as you think it's about you and your finite mind and you think it's about you, you're never, ever going to have peace. Because when you think you got it, you don't have it. As soon as you think you got you over the hump, you're back in the hole again. As soon as you think your relationship is, is, is messed up again, you got to lean into him. Everybody's to lean into him. So you have to die to your sin nature and come alive to God and realize in the kingdom of God, if I rely on the king, Everything belongs to the king. If he's in charge of everything, he has the power to make every situation the way he wanted. And I'm done with this here. Here is Brother Knox. Everything works together for the good, for them that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. For those who really gave their life to God, you know it's all working together for your good. So why am I getting stressed when I know it's for my good? So he says, in everything, give thanks. What am I getting thanks for what? Because I know you got this. Because I've given my life to you. I've given my word to you. I don't know. I, I gave it all to you. So I'm trusting you in every way. I mean, when I lost my mama, I thought I lost the world. Then he gave me two more mamas. He just kept on blessing me. Then he, he took them away. And he blessed me with some old mamas. He said, I got you. He said, you ain't going to never go without me. He said, I got you. I want you to understand something as we close this thing. There is no condemnation for those who walk after Christ, who give your life to Christ and die to you. Young people, I challenge you today. Leave the streets alone. Turn your back on the streets. Die to your hustle and come alive to God. You can't you can't hustle God. He says, I don't need to hustle. All I gotta do is live right. And then I have the power to call those things. 
When I need it, I don't even worry. He got it. Everybody stand to your feet. Lord, the power after death. Lord, we ask you right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Lord, we thank you for sending him in this world, giving us the opportunity to be reconnected to you. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit that you placed inside of us. Let us know now we need to lean and depend on you. And die to our sin nature and trust your word. Lord, give us a desire for your word. Give us a passion for your word. Lord, in the name of Jesus, touch us right now like never before. Lord, don't let us leave like we came. Let us leave with a renewed mind that we want to love you and live for you and no longer live for ourselves. Everything we do, we want to do because of you. Show us our weaknesses. And then give us the strength to overcome our sin nature. Thank you for the power. Thank you for the power. Thank you for Jesus' death and his resurrection. We love you so much. If there's someone out there that don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, today is the opportunity for you to give your life to him. All it takes is you believe it in your heart that he died on the cross for you. You believe it so much that you want to make him the Lord of your life. And you want to put your faith and your confidence and trust in him. And you no longer want your sin nature to control your life. You want to put your hustle down and put your faith in. And let your faith in God move and guide your every step. Today, Lord, touch them right now. We thank you and we love you so much. Those who are going to make a commitment to you today. Lord, repeat this. Say, dear Lord, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that I died with you. I believe you rose and I believe I rose with you. With that, I'm willing to make you the Lord of my life. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. The altar is going to be open for those who want prayer. Our prayer word is going to be up. People can pray for you. Uh, if you struggle with some things and you know you're, you're challenged and you want Jesus to come into your heart, uh, we have people here that are willing to pray for you. As we get ready to depart, I want you to think about uh, your commitment to him when you get ready to pre prepare to give. Everyone, everyone, God has blessed you to be a blessing. Never say you don't have. Because we have to give. We just choose other things to do with it. But do you trust God enough with your resources?
Don't say I trust him with my life, but when it comes to my finance, I don't trust him. Trust him. And I, I promise you, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never let you go hungry. But you have to make that commitment to him and give a portion back to him as he lets you keep a portion, a greater portion for yourself. Give your tithes and offerings. Everyone, you have to make that commitment to God. That's between you and the Lord. He's going to tell you what? You know what the word says. So, Lord, thank you for the offering. Thank you for those who have it to give. And those who say they don't.